Welcome to the ICPA Insider, the show created to help you get to know the movers and shakers in the chiropractic industry. I'll be your host, Dr. Greg Stern. Today's guest is on a mission to teach pediatric chiropractic to the world. Has been practicing pediatric chiropractic for 25 years, teaching pediatric chiropractic at Life University for 12 years. Has been named as one of the most influential faculty members at Life University seven times out of the last 12 quarters authored a chapter in the latest pediatric chiropractic textbook covering the use of activator with children and pregnant women, published 12 peer-reviewed articles, and written three chiropractic novels, The Adjustment, The Acceptance, and It's a Small World, and teaches pediatric chiropractic alphabet soup in the ICPA certification program. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Dr. Drew Rubin. Hello, Drew. Hey, Greg. Great to talk to you. Great to talk to you as well, and I know you're exceptionally busy, so I really appreciate your time. Um, let's help our listeners get to know you a little bit better. Maybe you could tell us sure. a little bit about you, where you grew up, and how you got into chiropractic. Uh, well, uh, I am from New York, originally Long Island, New York. Uh, my hometown is Limbrook, uh, and uh, I was a real sick kid. Uh, I had horrible asthma and allergies. It was intractable. Uh, nothing was uh, helping me get uh, any better, and um, my mom started going to a chiropractor in uh, 1984 for uh, back pain, uh, and this chiropractor was a very principal chiropractor, and he uh, inspired my mom so much that my mom actually called me from his office, told me to I have to see this guy, and I was like, what are you talking about, mom? I don't have any back problems, uh, but she dragged me there, kicking and screaming, and uh he, you know, kind of confronted me and said, you know, are you satisfied with the current direction of your health? You know, and of course I said no. Uh, so he said, well, why don't you try something different? You know, if you want something different, you got to try something different. And that's what I did. And uh, three months later, no more asthma and allergies. And I said, uh, this chiropractor, hey, how do you do this? I want to do this. And that's uh, that's how it all started way back in, uh, in 1984. And I matriculated at, uh, at life and graduated at 89. That's the end of the story right there. What a, what a, what a great uh, set of fortunate circumstances. Uh, you know, you never think back pain is good, but, of course, that's what got your mom there and that's what got you there. That's, uh, exactly. You love a little kiss in life. Exactly. <laughs> um, and now uh, your family, now uh, you, uh, you kind of work relatively alongside of uh, of your wife at the school, don't you? Yes. Uh, my wife is director of uh, Student Success Center here at, at Life. Uh, I teach here uh, one required pediatric class and three elective classes, um, all pediatrics, of course. And uh, so it's it's kind of cool um, right now sitting in a room in the Student Success Center. So it's 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 great to be able to see my wife on, uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays here. And she's also a clinical psychologist PhD um, so uh, in the evening she uh, comes sees patients in my office as well so it's a uh, we just spend a lot of time together I'm, I'm very fortunate to have that opportunity oh that's 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 super nice my wife is also a clinical psychologist oh wow we got to talk <laughs> um, now uh, now I love your son's name you want to share that with everyone well <laughs> my son's name is Palmer and um, the main reason that his name is Palmer is because I was, I remember after um, my asthma completely disappeared in 84, uh, saying to my chiropractor, uh, 
you know, who's, who started all this stuff? Like, where did this stuff come from? And he kind of taught me about Palmer and gave me some books to read and stuff. And I decided right then and there, even before I met my beautiful wife, um, that I wanted to name uh, our first child, whatever first child that'll be, uh, something to do with, with Palmer. Um, and uh, it just so happened that uh, Palmer was born in 95, and, and that was the instant name when he came out within one second. That's, that's what it was named. Now, um, you did not immediately start teaching, right? You you, you opened a, a practice first, or you went in with someone, or how did you start in practice? Um, I actually associated for six months after I graduated in 89, and um, that was an interesting experience. Um, and it taught me a lot. And then, uh, But I'm kind of the guy who really doesn't like taking orders very well. I like giving them. So uh, maybe six months into that, I decided I wanted to open up my own practice even though I had absolutely no money, but I, I just wanted to work for myself. Um, so <clears throat> I left that um, that practice in November of 89 uh, and then opened up in March uh, 1990 in Cresco, New Jersey, because my wife was getting her Ph.D. in psychology in Philly Dickinson right down the road from there. Uh, and um, so I practiced there for 12 years until suddenly in the summer of uh, 2000, we got a phone call from the... Uh, at that time, teacher of the main that required pediatric class here at Life, Dr. Phil Sanders, and he said, hey, Drew, um, you want to teach this class? And uh, it was Friday afternoon. The place, my office was crazy busy, and I was, you know, I was just standing in the hallway going, uh, uh, do I have to make a decision now? Um, and, um, you know, my wife and I talked about it. We said an opportunity like this doesn't come but once in a lifetime, and I, even though we were hoping on us teaching, but that was going to be like a retirement thing. Uh, and I was only like 30-something at this time. But we said, you know, let's let's take this uh, let's take this opportunity and jump on it and uh, never turn back. Came down here in 2001, opened up a practice and started teaching. And, and now they're teaching one class, turned into teaching four classes. And it's just been a, an amazing experience. And how did you get interested in pediatrics? Well, you know, I, I have to thank Dr. Webster, um, who, you know, he passed away, I guess, in the late 90s. Um, he was my teacher here at Life, and uh, he really inspired me, but I, I really didn't feel prepared, very well prepared to take care of kids. But then it just so happened in 93, um, the ICPA, uh, International Chiropractic Pediatric Association, had its first meeting in Boston, uh, and uh, Dr. Webster was there, and Barbara Lowe Fisher was there, and uh, a bunch of other greats, and um, I just fell in love with everything that was going on there, and I actually spent quite a bit of time talking to Dr. Webster uh, on breaks and stuff. He, he even sold me uh, a chiropractic deer table. He said, Drew, uh, I'm not taking this home. You are. Um, and he sold uh, me one of his tables that still sits in my office today, um, and it just from that point in 93, it all turned around, and my focus just went laser beam from sports where I was headed. I was already a CCSP at that time. Uh, I decided to go hog wild with pediatrics and started taking pediatric classes and got certified with Webster Technique with Dr. Genie in the late 90s. And then when they started their uh, certification modules uh, here in Atlanta, uh, I signed up for those. I took those and then went on for Diplomate. And it's been... It's been an amazing journey. I, 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 it's like 
I love learning. I'm a constant and never-ending reader. So uh, it's just been a, a blessing to be able to take care of kids, especially the handicapped and special needs kids. That's been a real, a real beautiful challenge and uh, and a great experience. Oh, that's that's wonderful. Uh, not, uh, you know, many don't uh, have uh, have any experience or have had not had the opportunity to to meet Dr. Webster. Um, any. Thing that stands out in your mind, uh, a memory of him that uh, that sticks out, and and you'd like to share with the audience. Yes, uh, he was a very special man. He was very intuitive. Uh, just as an example, uh, you know, I would call him up. I'll never forget the first time I called him up uh, after that '93 meeting, and I had a child with autism as a patient, and I said, "Hey, doc, uh, you know, I've never worked with a kid with autism before. Uh, what do you do?" And he said, T10, and he hung up the phone. And that was how he would communicate. Like, he was so busy during his own uh, day, but he would always take phone calls from chiropractors asking questions like this, and he would just he would just know. And he was right. T10 was a major for this kid, and he started talking after I adjusted T10 with this boy. Um, and uh, he said he was a very special uh, person, and one of the favorite things he taught me, uh, he mentioned this in class, but I didn't get it until... A uh, number of years later, on the phone, and I asked him about ear infections. Like, There's one kid, doc, with ear infections. I can't. It's not going away. He said, "Don't you remember the hidden C2?" And he hung up the phone, and I don't. I didn't remember it. So I went back in my notes. Uh, I saved his notes, and um, he had always said that uh, uh, it, with ear infections, if you have a problem, let's say on Atlas on the left, the C2 on the right might be an issue, but it won't come up unless you would just see one on the left, and that clears. Uh, so he used to call it the hidden C2, and uh, that has been, like, one of the most amazing things that I probably use every day in my office uh, and teach the students here at Life, uh, and even in uh, the classes I'm teaching now for ICPA. And uh, he was he was just a profoundly impactful chiropractor, and uh, I wish that he was still around because I'd still be calling him every day and asking him questions. That, that, that's crazy. I love hearing you say that. I actually uh, hear you. I uh, I didn't realize that was a, a hidden thing. I didn't know it was something to look for. I, I've found the same thing with uh, now what you're calling the hidden C2 uh, in my own clinical practice, and yeah. that's been something I have found over and over again. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? And he he had a name for it, right? So <laughs> and he was doing it way before you and I were even thinking about being chiropractors. Oh, you bet! Uh, you know, really fun to hear. Uh, really fun to hear that. Uh, you know that those little clinical pearls that uh, you know he passes down, and and uh, you know people find ring true throughout. Um, fun, neat, neat stuff. Oh yeah. Um, what, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, the program you teach for the ICPA, um, and and you know maybe share some of your own clinical pearls for our audience. Sure. Um... Well, uh, the program, I call it Pediatric Alphabet Soup because um, there's just so many of these uh, names that have turned into these uh, acronyms like ASD for Autistic Spectrum Disorder and ADHD and LD and SPD and, you know, all these things. Um, and I don't know about your practice, uh, but in my practice, you know, when I first started in, in the 90s, you know, my top cases were like ear infections, asthma, and allergies. That was like the big ones I was getting. Um, and now we're still getting a whole lot of that, but now we're getting comorbidities with 
autism, ADHD, Asperger's, sensory processing problems. Um, so uh, it, I, I kind of have culled all this information that I've learned over the years between um, Dr. Webster's pearls that he taught us and uh, taking a lot of functional neurology seminars, uh, especially with Dr. Robert Melillo, who is one of my heroes and mentors uh, in working with this special needs population, um, and kind of putting all this together in a way that is absolutely usable the next day they're in the office. So as an example, I was up in Ottawa a few weeks ago and um, taught a great class there. What a great bunch they were. And um, it, they were so excited because uh, the stuff that we were teaching them about how to assess that, a child, how to do uh, retain primitive reflex work with these kids, uh, what adjustments, special kind of adjustments we can do that would be gentle on a, a challenged child's uh, nervous system. Uh, the, the next couple of weeks, I got these great emails and phone calls from a lot of the attendees uh, in Ottawa saying, you're right, I got this kid uh, with autism and, and my regular, you know, like traditional adjustments were a little too strong for him and I, now I'm using these more gentle techniques and I started checking these primitive reflexes and these other, and checking their eyes and found this, this, and that, and we're, we're already getting just amazing, uh, you know, benefits from it. And that's, to me, like, um, you know, when Dr. Jeannie and, and I were talking originally about this class, she said, I want it super practical, like hands-on a lot. So we spend probably maybe two, uh, maybe a third, I'd say a third to almost even a half at a time, hands-on stuff where we're working with each other, working with dolls, um, you know, everybody's got to bring a doll to my class because we're really hands-on. And uh, and people, I think, are are jazzed about it because it, it's not all theoretical. It's real stuff, real practical that they can start using on Monday and making a big difference in their communities, especially with these challenged kids and, and special needs kids. Okay, and, and uh, well, what, what would they, uh, I, I guess, how does your class lay out? Uh, what what would someone come? I, I, what would they expect to learn? Well, uh, initially we're going to talk about um, the explosion of these uh, particular issues. You know, like why? I don't know about you, but uh, you like when you were a kid. Was were there kids with autism and ADHD all over your classroom? <laughs> no, not not at my age. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm 50, so I don't know. We're close enough. I'm pretty close. In my age, okay. Uh, you know, there was nobody. I, I don't even remember a kid having a peanut allergy issue. Uh, and right. now, you know, so it, back then it was the autism rate was about 1 in 10,000, and now it's about 1 in 88. Uh, and in some places it's 1 in 54. So that's just, it's craziness. So where, do, where, do, where did that come from, you know, and what neuro, neurologically has happened to our kids uh, is the big thing we talk about. And then we start explaining, well, um, one of the big things that, that uh, we're, we're learning, especially through a lot of the work from uh, uh, Marcus Autism Center and Kennedy Krieger Institute at Johns Hopkins, uh, is um, early detection is the key. And they, they used to think that we, it would, you'd have to wait till a kid was three before you uh, detect autism. But uh, through Kennedy Krieger and Marcus Autism Center here in, uh, by Emory University in Atlanta, uh, they're saying we could find these problems in six months and two years. Uh, so, so that's the next step is is how how our attendees can assess uh, whether a child has got some issues. Uh, and a lot of it starts with like latching issues and and nursing issues and colic. 
um, and I have documentation to prove, you know, all this kind of stuff. Um, and then we go into different adjusting techniques, like uh, one of the big things that Dr. Genie wanted me to talk about was activator. So we spent a lot of time uh, uh, talking about how to use activator um, with kids, with little ones, and uh, which activator to use or what setting, uh, and how do you, you know, a lot of people are unfamiliar with the whole activator protocol, the dances I call it, you know, putting, you know, one hand on your back and that kind of stuff. Um, but there's another way to do it. Dr. Fur taught us a special way to, to analyze little kids uh, through the activator analysis. So I share that with them and some other gentle touch techniques. And, and then we ramp it up in Sunday, just kind of putting it all together and uh, kind of taking algorithms and tables and charts uh, that they can take home using their offices. And, 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 uh, and we, we're always talking about different cases. I, I, I'm asking each one of the, um, the docs there, hey, tell me about a case and let's talk about it, the ones that are most difficult, and let's see if we can cut through it and give you some suggestions on what to look for on Monday when they come in. So it's a real exciting uh, program. And usually by the time it's done, like at, you know, 12 on Sunday, I'm like breathless because we've just had such a great time and, and just really hammered it out, and people are just real excited. So I'm, I'm jazzed to, to be able to, to be this sort of to, – to help so many people around the country and in Canada to get them on focus with these uh, with this special population. Uh, it sure sounds awesome to me. I, I am. Uh, uh, your program has not come to the Chicagoland area as of yet, um, and and I'm I'm waiting till it's rescheduled in in this area because I I can't wait to attend and, and take it. Um, oh wow! And, uh, when I discussed it with uh, with Jeannie, and, and I said, "Wow, okay, well, we didn't have this when I when I went through the program." It's, it's certainly one of those things that that I want to you know get into. We had a, we had a different program, but this one really sounded uh, sounds great. Now, curiosity: um, Do you work with the families on on different lifestyle components uh, from uh, you know whether it be diet or or stress things and such? Uh, I guess are you, are you? I know your wife apparently works on uh, works with them on, on uh, maybe the psychological end of things, and maybe that is you know more of the stress management and how to deal with stressors of uh, of having challenged children. Because as we all know, uh, as a parent, <laughs> you're going to get real subluxated just oh, from yeah. the stress alone of having to deal with this. Oh yeah, yeah. It, you know, one of the things that that um, that I really encourage. Uh, is is uh, is I call it a triangle or triad, and uh, chiropractic is the base. But then there is the um, exercises, the functional neurology exercises to reduce or extinguish the primitive reflexes, which I think is extremely important because um, uh, people like homework. That's one thing I've found over the years. I'm sure you've seen it too. People want to do stuff at home. You know, back pain patients want you know, give me some exercise to do at home, some stretches. And uh, parents of kids who have these challenges, they want something to do. Um, exercises are a great thing, and there's some amazing uh, extinguish, uh, primary reflex extinguishment exercises that really help um, strengthen the child's brain. Uh, and that's one of the big issues that we talk about is brain age versus chronological age. You know, you can have a kid who's eight years old, but if his brain's functioning like a one-year-old uh, in some areas, that's a problem. And we want to bring that brain age and chronological age, you know, more in tune with each other. Um, and, and diet is a huge factor. Uh, Dr. Melillo uh, talked about this a lot in his seminars. Our gluten and casein are so 
pervasive in our society and cause so many issues. Um, so, so yeah, we'll, we'll talk about how to incorporate diet within their practices uh, in a gentle uh, but specific way and how to incorporate the uh, at-home exercises, these, these functional neurology-based uh, exercises. So we, we make it a whole package of chiropractic diet exercise and, um, and you know, lifestyle management is also, you know, really important. Uh, and, and we also try to encourage the whole family getting under care. So, so rarely in a, a situation in, in my clinical practice um, do we have a kid with special needs have, be the only person in the family uh, getting care. We try to encourage the whole family to get under care, and, and I kind of share how to, strategies on how to make that happen so that it's, it's not just, you know, junior getting adjusted and changing things. It's the whole family just kind of adopting a whole new lifestyle. Great. So it sounds like the folks coming in are not only going to get uh, the neurology and, and the chiropractic uh, uh, technique-type education, but they're going to learn uh, a whole lifestyle component to how to, uh, how to work with these kids and families. Yeah, I think, I think that's important. You know, it's one of the things that we, um, um, you know, a, a lot of, uh, of times people come in wanting some, something um, that w- to, to augment their chiropractic technique. You know, a patient comes in and says, okay, I get adjusted, or he gets adjusted, my son gets adjusted, or daughter gets adjusted, takes you 10 minutes, but the rest of the week, you know, I'm at home doing all this other stuff. Um, so, so what can we do while we're home to help uh, augment and build up all the great things that you're doing here in the office? And, and that's what I, I found as the functional neurology perspective was a big missing piece. When I initially started dealing with these kids back in the 90s, uh, now my results are just astronomical because we're dealing with, we're not just dealing with removal of the interference, what, we're also dealing with what's causing the interference in the first place. Uh, which may be the diet or uh, these primitive reflexes kind of still lingering in their brain. So if we can help give them brain-based exercises and then give them, you know, brain-based nutrition, now those two things are just so beneficial in helping my adjustments stay, you know. And and that's the key is we want to see the kid, you know, be able to maintain their adjustments and need less adjustments over time because during the week they're doing things that – uh, that are helping what we're doing versus detracting. And, you know, if a kid goes home and he's eating mac and cheese and chicken nuggets and pizza all day and he's just sitting on his rear end looking at an iPad and not moving, well, he, he comes into the office the next week, no wonder he's still self-excited. Uh, but if we can get them to move, especially in specific ways, and get them to eat better, now they come to the office and the response is so much more improved. Yeah, uh- you know, being a lifelong learner is a vital component of being a growing clinician. And, and you know, I've uh, since I've been through the program, and, and I think I uh, it was probably 206 when I went through the finished the diplomate program. But I've, I've always studied all the different lifestyle components because it it is such a you know they're in our office. Uh, you know, one uh, percent of the time, and the other 99 percent they're doing their own thing. And uh, and. Uh, I, I have told uh, Jeannie over and over again, uh, programs like yours and and uh, you know many others in the, in the pro, in the ICPA certification program are now incorporating such a, a 
a rich abundance of, of information related to how to address this lifestyle component mm-hmm. because it's so vital. It is the trauma, toxins, and thoughts that go into making right. the supplementation that, that really this certification program is much more than just pediatrics. It's a, it's a lifestyle wellness program. Uh, Pediatric Maternity and Lifestyle Wellness Program, and uh, and and for our audience out there, uh, it really sounds like uh, when you when you go to Dr. Rubin's program here, you're really going to get that full spectrum on an audience that uh, you can just make dramatic life changes with, uh, and and change you know families and and everyone they know and everything else. So uh, you know, I strongly yeah, we, encourage we all. Wanna, we just want to see everybody you know who's in the ICPA just. Go, go to the max with what they're able to do. And, uh, you know, I really appreciate a lot of the changes that uh, Jeannie and the, the board are doing. I, I think the, the changes are very positive. Um, and, you know, to, to me, uh, you know, it, it, there's, there's nothing better you can do than to get certified um, in ICPA. You know, if, if what I tell the participants is, you know, you got someone to search it on the web and they're looking – at you, and they're looking at someone else, and you're certified and got some, you know, this great experience because of that after your name and someone else doesn't, who are they going to choose to bring their kid? And it's going to be you. Uh, so a lot, of, a lot of people will ask, you know, well, what has the certification and, and diplomate done for you? And, and I think it has brought me tremendous amount of, um, of authority in my community, and, and that's what really makes a difference is, is people want People are looking for that. When if they're if they're searching on the web, which they are, you know, for your and my offices, they're going to go for the person who's got the most experience, the most credentials, and uh, and so that to me, there's nothing better than getting that ICPA certification under your belt. You know, take that 15 months and take that test, uh, you know, and get certified. And then if, if and then I think diplomate is even more important, but at least get yourself certified because uh, it's going to it's going to separate you from everybody else. Well, and in addition, one of the things that you had mentioned was uh, learning some special techniques from Dr. Fur for the little ones. And, um, you know, an adjustment for a, a baby and, you know, for a young child is mm-hmm. not just a scaled-down version of a big guy adjustment. Um, right. And, and uh, it really sounds like not, you know, not only with the others but in your program as well, especially uh, you're really going to learn uh, some, some very specific techniques designed just for, uh, for this audience. So. Yeah, and we concentrate on the on the even the littlest ones. You know, when when you have nursing problems and latching issues in the newborns, um, there are specific adjustments, uh, whether it's activator or some other gentle techniques. There are specific things that we can do that can just revolutionize these uh, little kids. You know, nursing issues. One little girl I'm thinking of right now that we're writing a research paper on. She came in and she was tongue tied three weeks old, and they did a tongue tie surgery and lip tie surgery and she was still having nursing problems, and the girl was just screaming all night long, and she was bordering on failure to thrive because she wasn't gaining weight because she couldn't latch. Um, and the mom was, you know, breasts were bleeding from all the, you know, gnawing that the baby was doing because she couldn't get everything right. And using the, the things that we're going to teach you in the, the program, uh, uh, within a couple of weeks, the girl just turned it around. And the mom was just, like, stunned and thrilled because... Here is like a, a girl who was headed in absolutely the wrong direction, and the mom was beside herself from lack of sleep and, you know, bleeding, you know, breasts and stuff. And within a few weeks, the, the girl is just happier or anything and gorgeous and gaining weight. And, and it was just a couple of simple little 
techniques to to calm her nerve system down and and to get her to start you know working with the the god-given reflexes that were supposed to be you know coming out but because of a traumatic birth it didn't happen so it was it was just it's a beautiful thing and 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 so we can share this you know with our you know docs uh, and with the students and and starting from when they're first born all the way up through their teenage years well Drew, I know you have a very tight schedule, and uh, as much as I really could sit here and have this conversation for much, much longer, uh, I, I, I will uh, I, I will not drag it out because uh, I know you're busy. But uh, maybe uh, we'll just transition into giving us a little bit idea, your thoughts on uh, on where the profession is headed. Well, yeah, I, I, yeah, I have a final to give in a little while, so uh, I definitely am a little pressed. But um, the... I think the profession is heading in an amazing direction. Um, there's a lot of people out there, you know, prophets of doom, talking about, oh, the Affordable Care Act, and oh, this and that, and BCE and whatever, and I, I just believe that we're in such a, a, a better direction. And and, uh, and honestly, I'll tell you why. It's because of Dr. Webster and Dr. Jeannie Ohm and the ICPA. I think, um, I think the ICPA uh, is probably the strongest organization on the planet in steering chiropractic in the right direction, which is taking care of families. And, of course, the Plucked Life University, you know, we're the, the, the leaders uh, of trying to help promote that as well to the students. So uh, I see great possibilities coming with our, our field because my office is busier than ever. I'm seeing more special needs kids coming uh, than ever before. Um, and, and they're starting with, with us, like, so many of our patients, the first patient is the kid, and then the family comes versus the other way around, the way it used to be when I was way early on in practice. So I see great, great strides, but I think the biggest thing is that differentiation. You know, you've got to differentiate yourself. If you're, if you're, you're the same as everybody else, then there's nothing particularly special about you. But if you differentiate yourself as an ISPA doc certified, that makes all the difference. So I think the niche market is where chiropractic is going to thrive, whether it's sports or pediatrics or geriatrics or whatever it is, but I think it's that, that niche market is, is the place to be in chiropractic in the future. You know, I, uh, I, I, I love the way you think, and of course I firmly believe that the ICPA is, is really, uh, the best organization out there to support chiropractors as a whole and chiropractic as a whole. Um, the one thing I'd interject is as those niche markets arise and as you specialize in what you do, uh, when it's not your specialty, the medical profession has one up on us, and, and that is that they're always willing to refer over to someone mm -hmm. who does specialize in what they do. Now, that may, they may overdo it, but uh, at the point in time where you're working with sports injuries or seniors and you have an infant in your office, maybe that's the time where it gets referred over to someone who does have that specialty training. Uh, that way, right. that, that's serving the people who are the most right. important or our practice members. Right. Um, Drew, can you uh, share with us maybe just your, your final thoughts, final closing statement? Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm uh, excited for 2014 and beyond. Um, uh, I, I think that the ICPA really has positioned itself, like I said, as, as, the, as the leader in this field. Um, and uh, to me, there's nothing more important than taking care of the kids because the way I look at it, Greg, who's, who's going to? 
Like the medical doctors aren't, the osteopaths aren't, the physical therapists aren't, the occupational therapists. Nobody's taking care of the kids. It's it's like it's like a moral and religious and obligative duty, like Dee Dee Palmer said uh, way back when in, in 1914 or 1910 or whenever. Uh, we have to do this. There's nobody else. You know, we are the guardians of the future of our kids um, because nobody else is, is stepping up to the plate. So um, I, I admire anybody who's listening to this because I know that means they're somehow involved or thinking about getting involved in pediatrics and and take that step, go hog wild all the way, you know, through the program and get yourself certified and you will be one of the leaders taking the kids to the future uh, of a better health. Because right now, uh, the, 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 if you look at some of the, the recent stats of, of our country and where we are in infant mortality and where we are in, in drug abuse and all this other stuff, uh, only we can change it. Nobody else is going to. So, so that, that's, that's where I feel like we have this moral duty. We, we, we've got to do this. And if you're on the call or you're listening in, um, then, then you're one of those people who've got to do it because the kids, the kids need us. The kids are crying out for us, and it's, it's up to us. Wow. Okay, so uh, for all of you out there, there are some powerful words for you, uh, uh, a real uh, call to action. I, 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 certainly, I certainly hope if you were multitasking, you, you, you go and rewind and you re-listen, uh, re-listen <laughs> to the whole interview, because uh, just some really great stuff here and, and, and a call to action, a moral duty for all of us to step out there. Really, really some great, great thoughts. Uh, I, I thank you. I thank you so much, Drew, for taking the time to do this. Thank you, Greg. I appreciate the opportunity to serve. And for all of you listening out there, thank you so much for listening, and stay tuned for our next episode of the ICPA Insider. Peace.